0: How are you? Good? Good? I'm not supposed to say good, you're supposed to say well. None of us is good. No, hang on, what am I saying? Did, I did wonder if somebody could provide us with $50, though, uh, this morning, because we can't allow Amy to go up with jeans like that. <coughs> she will burn her knees in Queensland if we don't give her a new pair of jeans. Don't go red Amy, (laughs) I'm sorry, oh dear me. Uh, We're into the second part of chapter 1 and I have to say I'm fascinated by the way Paul's reacted to what he had to say in the first part because in the first part he uh, he has aligned us with all of the wonders, all of the majesty, all of the power of the living God and he has given to us all authority in a sense in the church to be those who serve and work with the living God. Now, I would have thought there's a distinct possibility that we would say to ourselves, isn't it wonderful? We've got everything we need. We can, uh, we can just uh, be who we are now and relax and be happy. Uh, we, can, we can say to the rest of the world, look at us. We have all of the power and the authority of God behind us and our egos are just inflated and we're wonderful people because God has chosen us perfectly and personally into this particular task. Look at us, aren't we wonderful? Now, I, you might say, oh, no, no, that, that couldn't possibly happen. But I would want to say to you that that happened to the Jews. They were chosen as God's, as God's living people. They were supposed to be the representative God to the the rest of the world and in the process they were supposed to be the servants of the rest of the world and Jesus had to come because they failed and they failed by saying, look how important we are. What I find fascinating before I talk about the chapter itself is that Paul doesn't go down that road, he falls to his knees. What he does is to fall to his knees and say, I I kneel before my father and I want to say to my father, will these people now get a sense of your majesty that is not theoretical, that is not the statistics, is not the words that have been given, is none of those, but is in reality the relationship that's necessary for those things to be perceived put in place of all of the ego, put in place all of the wonder, all of that sort of stuff, a relationship with Jesus that he might set that stuff free amongst us. Because he lives here, that power is here, this church is the body of Jesus Christ and has access to absolutely everything that Paul has talked about in the first part of the chapter and in this chapter today. Ephesians 1. A chapter in two halves, Uh, first of all it's the spiritual blessings from verses 13, uh, 3 to 14, I'm sorry there's the the usual Pauline introduction at the beginning of the book, Uh, then he goes on to talk about the spiritual blessings that are there and after that he talks about what he wants to pray for us and we're into this second part but obviously we don't understand the second part unless we have read through the first part because the second part is predicated on the on the first part these are the wonderful things that god has put in place for us and so we need to see what he's saying there's a major foundational idea right across the chapter it's not knowing about god it's not knowing about god having all of the ideas having all the facilities having all the statistics having all of the laws having all of the in our heads it's not that the foundational idea for this chapter is that in these experiences we know him he lives in our hearts He drives us on in the direction he has for us and he hears our hearts saying to him over and over again, I'm your child, I will do whatever you want me to do. If it's my turn to clean out the toilets, I'll do it, Lord. I'm your servant, I belong to you. You tell me what to do. Paul says, that's where it's at. Don't worry about learning and understanding all of the rules. Understand that we're like that with God. And as we pursue our lives like that with God, he begins to open up to us with all of the greatness, all of the majesty, the blessings that are ours. Throughout our knowing God, Paul Paul prays that the Father will reveal to his, his children these three things. First of all, the hope of God's call. Sometimes we need to understand that the hope of that call is Jesus Christ himself. Secondly, the glory of God's inheritance, what he has given to us. This is our birthright. If you remember from last week, we had two birthright, two, two birth certificates uh, and we, in the, in the second birth certificate, take on the characteristics of the father in that birth certificate. So we step up from being children of our own father to being children of the father and having access to everything that is his heritage in us. Because he is God, because he is Lord. We have a brother in Jesus Christ who's seated at the right hand of the Father, who is there to access all of that stuff for us. He speaks to the Father on our behalf. The hope of God's call, first of all. First of all, it's a divine call. It is a divine call. Understand that this hope, that this call is not something that has come from the King. It's not something that's come from the Queen. It's not something that's come from the Prime Minister. It's not something that's come from a friend or whatever, your boss. This hope, this hope is a divine call. This is God himself saying, this is who my people are to be. This is who my people are to understand who they are. This is the basis upon which my people will operate. They will operate like that with me. They will operate like that in a relationship with me and the procedure of their life will always be to travel their road with me talking into their ears about who they are and what they're supposed to do and they will always travel the road coming back to me to say, what are we supposed to do? Is this right? And I will say to them, this is the road, walk in it. This is the way to go. You're doing well, keep on. And when they get off the road, I'll draw them back again. I'll look after them. They don't even have to worry about things themselves. They don't have to worry about their own weaknesses because they can bring their weaknesses to me and I'll I'll correct them, I'll heal them. The hope is, first of all, to be like Him, to be like God. Not to be God, but to be like Him, to think like He thinks, to feel the things that He feels to understand the things that he understands. When he sees somebody in the the street with poverty hanging around their ears, how does God feel about that? He says, that's how I want my people to feel. I love everybody. He wants us to serve him. Now, he has, um, and, and this is my own way of talking about it, he has a tapestry that he is building of our world. You know, uh, there are some women who absolutely love doing tapestry work uh, and some of those tapestries are absolutely gorgeous. Um, But God has a process of putting in place a tapestry of his world and there are little spots in it where he's putting bits of And you and I are in those spots and he calls upon us to contribute to that tapestry in the world. And he's looking at that tapestry all the time. And we will, together with him, look back on that tapestry when when we go to be with him. And he says, I want them to serve me so that that tapestry is perfect. I want them to be doing with their lives. I want them to be understanding in their hearts what life is supposed to be like I do. Like I do, I, I do that, that, that they might, might hear my call, head up to Queensland and be trained for six months. That's the call. Respond. Cost ten thousand. Well, don't worry about that. That's the boss's responsibility. That's the master's responsibility. It's not ours. Ours is to be obedient. I went to England to study over there. Strangest call on the face of the earth for me. Do you know how much it cost as a family? back in 81 to 84. University fees were double because we came from Australia and not from the European economic community. Didn't even ask that question. I I forgot to ask that question before we went. Where did money come from? I don't know. I don't know. I know there were processes in place back here to help and all that sort of stuff. I don't know how he did it. See, we, we live in a different world as the people of God. We hear the voice of God. We respond to the voice of God. The rest of it is His responsibility. He will provide what He gives us a sense to do. That's who we are. Don't be stupid about it and say, "Oh, I can choose and then blame God." So He's responsible for me. I'm not saying that. I'm saying He wants us to serve Him. He wants us to hear His voice. And when we hear his voice and he says to us, go here, do this, belong to this, he will be with us through the whole thing. And the third bit there, of course, is to live in him. And that's what I've been saying all the way, all the way along through what I've been saying this morning, to live in him, to take every step of our life on our relationship with Jesus and to live in him to understand and get used to the process of living according to his purposes get get used to living according to his financial directions finances are nothing to worry about they're not our responsibility he owns the cattle on a thousand hills what he requires of us is the wisdom to hear his voice and then live in him and say to him lord i'm I'm, going to do what you tell me to do I'm going, to, I'm going to be obedient to the best I can hear. If I'm hearing wrong, will you tell me, would you set, it, set me straight, listen to somebody else who's, you know, I don't think that's right. We'll go back to the Lord and talk about it. But Lord, when I've got that part done, can you help me just to pursue what you've given me to do without trying to calculate the sums, without trying to calculate the costs, without trying to understand the influence? When we went to England, we had two kids. One had cerebral palsy. And, and we tried to figure out how in the world we were going to be able to cope with that over in the UK. Well, I have to say that our oldest daughter had an absolute ball. She came back with a very nice English accent, which the kids at school knocked out of her in three days when she got back. Got back. But she remembers that time with great joy. And Andrew does too. He's got all sorts of stories to tell. Never worry about the implications of what God might do in you when you hear that sturdy call. He will look after you. There's a divine call. The hope of God's call is those three things. The hope of those calls, in one word, is Jesus. The hope of that call is Jesus himself, seated at the right hand of the Father. A rich and varied calling. He calls us set apart to Christ, Uh, We no longer belong to the values of this world. We no longer belong to the the purposes of this world. We no longer belong to the economics of this world. We are set apart to Jesus Christ. He is our master. He is our friend. He is our saviour. He is the one who gives us life and in the end joins us when life is over. Set apart to Christ. If I were to be talking about just one thing this morning, wouldn't that be a good thing to talk about? You and I were set apart to Jesus Christ. In this church, there are 150 people who have, in the English congregation, the same Chinese congregation, have been set apart to Jesus. We come here and we celebrate together. We know each other. We love each other. We look after each other. We care for each other. We recognise when somebody's not here today. Roman is not here today. Where is she? Out Working out there, I suppose. We notice that. And we look after each other. When somebody's struggling health wise, we look after each other. Set apart to Christ, called to freedom and peace. We are not locked in to the suggestions of our world that it's all about you. We are not locked in to the things of our world that we think we need to achieve to prove that we're worthwhile. We don't need to drive big cars, good cars, all that stuff. We don't need to have big houses. We need to have the house that God has given to us and look after it and be careful. But he called us to freedom. Freedom from the influence of our world. Freedom from uh, uh, the things in our hearts that would be burdens to us. He cuts those out. He just allows us in a sense of love and relationship with those around us to move on in the beautiful peace of his presence. This is your heritage, by the way, I have to say. This is the birth certificate extending itself in the prayer time, being spelled out a little bit more in the prayer time that Paul is talking about and and, and, and having him say to us, this, this this is the detail of the heritage. Not so good. Called to suffering and glory. Let's not kid ourselves, we live in a rotten world and in this world those who, be- who believe the second one are going to be called to the third one. There are people around our world, not much like us here, but in the coal mines of so-and-so, the mines of Siberia, the places of Africa, the different spots of Asia, where to be a Christian means you're automatically linked in with number three. That is our calling. Don't be surprised. He says to us, I will never leave you or forsake you, but you need to understand that as I travelled in this world and suffered for you, why would they treat you any differently than the way they treated me? Be prepared and understand that there's only one way to cope with that there's only one way to cope with that and you may not be particularly wealthy here and now but in due course this happens and he brings to you and gives to you everything that the universe could offer called to be salt and light we are called to be the people who stand up and say no i don't think that's right i for one am desperately concerned about abortion in our world i can understand all the arguments that are necessary and, and that but i have to say what right does a person have to say to another person i.e a baby that is as yet unborn you will perish for my needs my bot argument I'm sorry if I offend anybody by saying that, but we are called to be salt and light. We are called not to hide our bushel under a what is it? Not to hide our light under a bushel, but to be prepared to stand and say, this may, this may not be popular, this might not be what, uh, what you would like to hear, but I have to say this is what I believe. The only simple example I can think of in my own life is when I was a, when I was a teacher, we had a, a, a volleyball team that used to play and the latest match was at 9 o'clock at night, so we'd finish the match at 10 o'clock at night and some of the guys knew a pub where we could go to and have a drink after the match. And I, I, I used to say to them, they'd, they'd all order what they wanted and then I'd all order an orange juice. Um, uh, and to start off, well, I was the only one who ordered orange juice. And by the time we'd finished all of our matches at 10 o'clock at night, only one person was ordering a beer. All the rest were ordering orange juices. Now, I don't class myself as a hero for that, but what I want to say to you is that sometimes when we stand in the simplest of things, we're able to change the world around us. We don't even know it. Called to be reconciliation. Called to say to this world, life is hard you're left behind there is a passageway to the truth there is a passageway to love there is a passageway to healing and in that passageway you will discover a person whose name is jesus and who'll come alongside you and look after you and feed you and care for you can i possibly lead you into the reconciliation we are called to be the evidence of his grace We are called to be those whose lives say to those around us, whose lives say to those around us over and over again, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus and live with him. Come to Jesus and let him show you what life is all about. We are called to be reconciliation in this place and in our lives in the world. We are called to bring love and compassion. That's our job. That's the the task. Why? Well, in part at least because the name of the Master is love. The characteristics of His world are love. Not the kind of superficial love that we understand sometimes ourselves, but the kind of love which sees Him go to the cross. And I want to say this. The fulfilment of the knowing comes in the doing. None of these things we can understand by hearing about them, by learning about them. The only way we discover these things is by doing them. The only way we discover the truth about who God is is by doing what he has us do. I think that point's really, really important. Secondly, the glory of God's inheritance. This is uh, what's written on your birth certificate, your access to these things. Whose inheritance? are? Ah. now here's a point. The question is, this is the glory of God's inheritance or is it the glory of our inheritance? Is, God, is Paul talking about what God has inherited in us or is he talking about what we have inherited in God? are uh, both things intertwined he is the father and he looks at his sons and he looks at his daughters and said and says to himself i made that when i reckon i, I remember my the birth of my first daughter and my wife had to say to me look at me i'm here too and i just uh, astounded at the beauty and the love and uh, and what i felt for my for my daughter uh, he does have for us all he looks at us and says oh i did a good job there that's pretty nice look at how beautiful that girl is look at how wonderful that little boy is imagine what he's going to be when he grows up you see we are we are the ones in our behavior who god sees as our inheritance and yet he says to us everything that you have and everything that you are is Your inheritance through me. They're intertwined together. Our lives are locked with Jesus. Our lives are locked in an interrelationship with Jesus, which sees Him influence our lives and sees us serve Him in our lives. There's a a sort of a co relationship going on. It's ours in the future, and this is wonderful news, to be fellow heirs with Christ. Where is Christ? Seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, he is, uh, I think, Paul said in that chapter, the one who, for whom the world was created, and in him, in him, are all things made. Uh, the world for him was was put into his character and his personality, and it's 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 for him completely. And we sit next to him because he's our brother. You know, at the Godhead, there is a God man sitting there. Jesus, the, the God son of the father is brother and sister to you and me we have the same genetic heritage and he says as he sidles up to us you know how much i love you my brother my sister i think you're beautiful i love you and i will give you everything that you need to be who you need to be for me we are to see god and his christ nobody in our world has ever seen god There is a time coming when we will look at him, we will see him, and in absolute astonishment and awe, we will fall down before him and worship him. To be like him, in body and character, have the same characteristics and traits, not that that makes us God, but it makes us uh, a, a step below him to enjoy perfect fellowship with God and with each other, to enjoy the wonder of being together as, as his people, living next to one another in, in eternity, sharing out and wondering at the, at the, the greatness of God's creation. Have you, any of you been to Alaska and seen the mountain ranges and the, and the, the, the icebergs and all that sort of thing? And, and just stood in awe. I'm a geography teacher to start off with. So I love those things. So I just stand in a war. He does that by just doing that. What's he going to do for us? Ours now. Now, I, I want to say, I'm not talking here so much about us as individuals, but as us as a church. The dynamic living family, the community of God's people with Jesus as the head, These things now live in this church. This church's heritage is these things. We are now here to see his power in operation. We are now here to discover his freedom in this church. Next to one another, working with one another, caring for one another, being to our world what we're supposed to be. This power operates in this church You've got to set it free let him be who he is to know fullness in life now not to come to the end of life as a church and see the church fizzle away this church is to be the living life of God himself present in the present in the community of Mitchum and those around us we are here to see that to enjoy sacrificial fellowship what do we do with our lives What we do with our lives is what God expects us to give back to him. It's not a matter of, do I become a millionaire? It's not a matter of, do I buy the best clothes to wear? That's all irrelevant. The question is, how much do I give back to the one who gave everything for me? God's inheritance in us. We've been talking about what we get from him. <laughs> now, to demonstrate to the universe and heavenly forces the glory of his body. He wants the angels in eternity to say, look at that church down there at Mitcham. They're the evidence of his grace. You want to know what God is like in operation? Go and have a look at Mitcham Baptist Church. You want, to see, you want to see what the perfection of God's majesty is? Go and have a look at Mitchum Baptist Church. Some of you horrified at that? <laughs> I'd be horrified, not about you guys, but that, that he, he sees me as, as a demonstration to the world of the majesty of his grace. <laughs> he wants to be able to show the world uh, if you follow me, this is what happens strangely many people in our world say i would be a christian if it wasn't for the way christians behave but he's saying to he's saying to us but just the reverse of that i want you to be the people who demonstrate me you i want you to show people who you are and what you what i do to share his creative acts to do the things that are only god things to walk with him so that in our company he does God things and we share in them, we watch him, we follow him. We are the ones who contribute to the God things he does. Have you ever thought of that as part of the criteria for the Constitution? At uh, Mitchum Baptist Church, this needs to be the place where God's creative acts are shared to show the power of his kingdom. What kind of power is that? We'll look, about that, look at that in a minute. But I have to say that that's the power that sees, sees God the Father say, Lord Jesus Christ, be raised from the dead. Jesus Christ can go to a servant's place and he can look and say, be raised from the dead. Elijah was managing to do that. He met Elijah got close enough to be able to do that remember to show the power of his kingdom now i could spend five sermons at least talking about the power of god's kingdom in our lives i just want you to hear this in this church lies the potential for god to express himself in the most wonderful the most powerful ways and we need to let him loose where do we control that sort of stuff in the prayer meeting of the church because it's in prayer that we hear what he's doing we watch what he's doing we listen to him about what he wants to do and then we need to set him free this place is meant to be what? a place of prayer this place is meant to be a place of prayer why? well because that's how he tells us what to do That's how he points out to us what the future holds. That's how he says to us, this is the way, walk in it. And lastly, the greatness of God's power. It's only God's power that can sustain us in the hope of his call to its fruition in our inheritance. Let's unpack that a little bit. It's only God's power that can sustain us. The people in our world cannot do cannot be what we are called to be because we are empowered by the presence of the Spirit of God who gives to us, not the authority, but gives to us the strength, the ability to be able to move into the world and do the things we are called upon to do. Because the things we are called upon to do as a church are God type things and it's only God working through us that those things can be achieved. In the hope of his call, in everything that I talked about in that very first point, in the hope of his call to bring that to fruition, God's power is absolutely essential. But it's here permanently, it's promised, and we have to be open to it. How can we know it? How can we know that? A, God's demonstrated it. He's demonstrated it in Jesus Christ, his Saviour, his Son. And he's shown us what it means. You can raise people from the dead. He has been raised from the dead himself. He says, if you have enough faith, you can shift mountains. If you have enough faith in me, you can do whatever you need to do. If you come to me and ask for something, then I'll do it for you, he says. And well, the precursor to that is build a relationship with God so that the things that you're asking him for are the things that he's given you to ask for. And when you ask for them, he says, of course, I just told you what I wanted to do. God sets that power free in the life of his church. God begins to use our worship. And our worship is not just singing. God begins to use our prayer times. God begins to use the shoulder rubbing that we do over the coffee after the service. God begins to use the odd phone call and text to rest of the people in the church and begins to to flow through his church some beautiful stuff. He sets that power free in his church. Uh, Do you want to be those who live out that heritage? Are you prepared to do that? It'll cost you everything and it'll cost you nothing. But it will mean that the focus has got to be, as Paul is saying to the Ephesians, directly on who Jesus is and what he calls us to be. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you have done for us. We give our thanks to you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you Lord Jesus for being among us, to be for being empowering of us, uh, for showing us the way, for bringing us healing and showing us love, for living in the life of this church, for every structure of this church is there to just show the empowerment of the King and Lord we thank you for all of that. Thank you that that's our heritage. When we come here, that's who we are. We are together the people, the gathered people of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help us, we pray, to expose ourselves completely to what you're doing and being prepared to follow through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, John. Let's stand as we sing together.